Space. The final frontier. These are the continuing voyages of the Starship Enterprise. I'm assuming command of this vessel. Celebrate the 35th anniversary of Star Trek II The Wrath of Khan when the director's cut beams into cinemas with an exclusive William Shatner interview. Revenge is a dish best served cold. September 10th and 13th only. Tickets on sale now at fallopevents.com. Available on Blu-ray and digital HD. Hey folks, Rico here. Yes, I am back this week once again. No guests this week. It's going to be me, yes. And uh, today is going to be show 650 for Treks in Sci-Fi. It is September 10th, 2017, and I am going to see Wrath of Khan today in the theater. Super excited for that. It is the, uh, believe it or not, 35th anniversary uh, of this movie. It came out uh, back in 1982. Uh, and yeah, I'm really excited to see this and, and it looks like it's going to have a little, little Shatner interview as well. So, and, um, director's cut on the big screen, which I don't think I've ever seen it that way before. Uh, I've seen the director's cut, but not, uh, in a movie theater. So, um, yeah, pretty, pretty excited. My friend Mark and I are going to go later today. Uh, but, uh, the, the main topic of today's show, which I haven't, I think announced because I was kind of putting together the schedule of um, September before I recorded last, before I recorded the uh, live show for the anniversary thing last week. Anyway, we're going to talk about something that I think is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, we're going to talk about the Flash Gordon movie. Yes, the Flash Gordon movie from 1980, 1980, yeah. And uh, it's uh, it, this is one of those movies that's just uh, goofy, a lot of fun, great music by Queen, and uh, it's always been kind of one of these movies for me that is just uh, both kind of a sign of its times quite a bit, uh, but but it's just goofy fun. It's it's just really uh, kind of a throwback and kind of ridiculous, but uh, if if you, you know, if if you're in an unhappy mood or you need to be, have a laugh and cheer up a little bit, watch Flash Gordon, so that's what I say. So anyway, you're going to going to cover that movie here today on the podcast, talk a little bit about uh, some other things, including the uh, two contests that I had announced last week on the live Facebook Live 12th anniversary of Treks and Sci-Fi show that I did last weekend. Uh, I did a Star Trek and a Star Wars contest. I'm going to talk about those fairly soon here in the podcast so that um, all of you awaiting that entered, you don't have to just skip ahead to the end of the podcast. I figured, oh, I'll, I'll talk about it early on before we get into talking about Flash uh, and that. So, um, hey, let's do this thing. I'm Captain Kirk. Ladies and gentlemen, may I present the winners of the 74th Annual Hunger Games. We are the man in black. I'm the doctor, by the way. What's your name? Rose. Nice to meet you, Rose. Run for your life. My name is Optimus Prime. I am the Futus of War. Resistance is futile. Jedi's drink flows from the Force, but beware of the dark side. Iron Man, that's kind of catchy. It's got a nice ring to it. I mean, it's not technically accurate. This is a gold titanium alloy. I'm sorry, David. I'm afraid I can't do that. This is a uh, reach call. You're listening to Treks and Sci-Fi. All right, uh, yeah, here we are on the uh, the main part of the show, show 650. Since I did a special anniversary show last weekend, well, we won't do anything you know crazy special for the 650 show 650. I I think I said this last week that it would have been kind of nice if the anniversary show had coincided with 650. I think I made 600 last year coincide with the anniversary show if I I work that out and uh, you know there's roughly if I don't miss a week and I missed at least I guess two weeks I think this year two or three weeks 
Um, one, I know when I was overseas in Germany over the summer. So, you know, if there's, if I didn't miss a week, it'd be like 52 shows a, a year. Right. So I'm uh, not too bad though. Uh, I think, uh, out of a whole year <laughs> considering, well, I have a guest spot usually every other week. Um, so half of those at least are mine or more. So anyway, enough of that. Uh, so what's been happening, what I've been doing, what's been up, um, and a nice long Labor Day weekend. That was good. Took an extra day off. Uh, did some things around here, cleaning up, trying to uh, still tweak and uh, get used to the new big 4K TV. Been watching some new things on there. Uh, I'm finally watching this. Um, I don't know why I'd never started to watch this show. Everyone's always said it's so good and fun. Uh, but I'm watching um, this cartoon show, uh, Rick and Morty. It's just right up my alley. It's It's got a lot of sci-fi kind of elements in it. It's goofy fun, uh, and uh, it's basically about this uh, scientist guy named Rick, which is uh, uh, works for me, <laughs> and his uh, his grandson uh, Morty, and they go on these crazy adventures. And it's been out for, uh, I think it's third season. Is it's out or it's um, airing its third season now? I'm about episode seven or eight of the season one. I'm watching it via Hulu. Uh, but, um, but yeah, that, that show is a lot of fun. Uh, I highly recommend it. If you, if you like that kind of thing, you know, if you like things like the Simpsons or South Park, there's a, it's a, it's a little edgier than, than the Simpsons it's on. Uh, but, uh, cause it's on, I think it was on or is airs originally on adult swim, which it's called the, the, I think it's Saturday nights, uh, cartoons that they do, um, uh, and have done for a while. Anyway, it's it's a really good show, a lot of fun. Uh, but uh, television, yeah, it's kind of winded down. I I finished uh, I finished two two things. Yeah, I watched uh, I watched this w- new uh, version of The Tick on Amazon Prime, which was really good and a lot of fun. Uh, I always enjoyed the the old uh, The Tick show with uh, Patrick Warburton, who's a if that's how you say his name, he he was the tick on the original. He's one of the um, executive producer people types behind this the scenes per, persons people. <laughs> he's he's one of the people involved with working on the new version, and it's it's real quick to watch. It's only six episodes, and they're about I think a half hour each, or a little less than a half hour each. So it doesn't take very long to watch it. Uh, and if you have Amazon Prime, which, you know, if you order a few things off Amazon uh, for the year or quite a bit like I do off Amazon, uh, just the free shipping alone thing, uh, free two-day shipping is, is worth having Amazon Prime. Plus, you can get a lot of free music. You can get a lot of free uh, television and movies. So, well, I call it free, but it's with your subscription to Amazon Prime. So, there's the uh, there's me uh, touting Amazon Prime and giving Jeff Bezos more money that he doesn't need. So, um, oh, I should say right now, uh, a big uh, you know, kind of I'll call it should I just call it a shout out or whatever? A big, uh, you know, hey, I'm thinking about you. Uh, you know, we just had that terrible uh, storm thing through Texas, Houston, and other areas of Texas. You know, that got destroyed. Um, but uh, now, now there's this big hurricane heading through Florida or heading into Florida and into the, to the lower south uh, east part of the U.S. And you know, I'm thinking about you guys, especially you, Chris, and uh, and others that I know down there uh, in that general area. It's uh, it looks nasty. So, uh, you guys take care, be careful. Um, but uh, but man, weather is just crazy, right? Mexico had this earthquake. There's you know. California is burning and, and super hot. Uh, we have some good friends that live in Montana. Uh, you may not have heard about this because uh, not a lot of people live in Montana. I, I maintain that you, the reason you haven't heard much about this is because a lot of not a lot of people live out there. But there is a monster, massive fire that's been going on since the end of July uh, through some forests and, and not too far from some friends of ours that moved from our neighborhood out to Montana just about a year or so ago. Uh, so just nasty things going on in, in the uh, country, around the world, uh, weather-wise. And, and um, you know, I'm just in boring Michigan here where we only just get a lot of cold and snow, which uh, the weather is already turning a little bit, I think, here. We've been pretty cool. It's, uh, it's a balmy 53-degree Fahrenheit right now at about, what is it, almost 10 o'clock on a Sunday morning here. We've had uh, 
below 50 overnight. Uh, it's barely hitting 70 for the day. It's usually in the late the last few days have only been in the 60s. So, um, yeah, there's your weather report. But anyway, uh, Mother Nature, though, don't mess with it. So, uh, but yeah, thinking about all you guys everywhere in these in these bad areas. Uh, and I'm not sure if I said this officially on the podcast before, but uh, I will be down in uh, Austin, Texas in around mid-November for Wizard World again this year. We didn't go last year, or I didn't go, and no one from the Anomaly people, I don't think any of them went. Uh, we kind of had a skip year there, but uh, this year we're all back uh, going. I think uh, most everyone's going to be there again, and it's uh, the weekend of November 17th, 17th, 18th, 19th, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I, I'm getting in around the middle of the day on Friday and leaving late Sunday night. Uh, yeah, it's going to be good. They're get, getting some pretty good guests this year too. I mean, they've had, yeah, they've had a mix of guests over the years. Some some years better than others. They've had William Shatner, um, but um, but this year they're having Jason Momoa, who's playing Aquaman in the Justice League movie, and in his own movie, he's going to be there. And the the crazy thing about this is, I'm still waiting for the shoe to drop and for him to back out because. That is the same weekend that Justice League, that excuse me, the Justice League movie comes out in theaters. So you know, I, I would expect him doing like talk shows and 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 junk like that. But maybe Affleck and uh, Gal Gadot will take care of those duties or or whatever. But he's supposed to be there. Jason Momoa and Kate Beckinsale is going to be there. Felicia Day, Nichelle Nichols, uh, some others from Firefly, Summer Glau again, I think. Uh, but, uh, it's, yeah, there, there's going to be a good, good lineup of guests. I'm trying to decide if I want to get a, get a photo with anybody or not. Uh, it, um, yeah, I'm tempted by two or three of those, at least maybe Felicia, uh, maybe Jason Momoa, maybe his, his is like 80 bucks, I think, or something, which isn't too bad, I guess, for, for he's becoming a fairly popular actor, uh, tempted by Kate Beckinsale and Nichelle Nichols, of course, and, uh, there's probably about a half a dozen people I'd like to get a photo with, um, but uh, yeah, it's going to be fun. Uh, I have a, I'm going to do a new costume, I think, one of the days. Probably it will be a Star Wars day for one of the days, and a somewhat new costume. I mean, I have some of the pieces and some of them. Uh, I, I got to get a couple additional things. I don't want to say too much. It's uh, well it, it, for those who listen to the podcast for a while and who know me, it won't be too much of a surprise. I'll just put it out there like that. Uh, but, um, yeah, it's going to be good, going to be fun. If anyone happens to be uh, able to uh, or near Texas or able to travel that weekend uh, that knows, you know, f- uh, this podcast or the Anomaly Show, uh, we would love to see you. I think they're getting another uh, a booth table thing uh, for Anomaly. So, yeah, stop by. I would love to see all of you. Uh, or, you know, we... We usually have a great time, as you can see in all the photos that we post and videos and things. So, uh, all right, let's take, I'm going to take a very short break. Then I'm going to come back, go over the contest details. I want to talk about that a little bit more than than just announce the winners, because I want to talk about, I'm going to read through the entries that people did for the the Star Wars one, especially, because I I found that pretty interesting, because I had a couple of questions for people on that. So a short break, I'll be back, and we'll do the uh, contest awards uh, for all of you, and then talk about Flash Gordon. I'm Jen. And I'm Angela from the Anomaly Podcast. And you're listening to Treks and Sci-Fi. So contest time. Uh, I did uh, on the live show. I announced two different contests. The uh, the first one was um, what I called the Star Wars contest, and I had um, I had two kind of questions that I put out to people. And what I'm going to do is go over their uh, people's entries, and then I'll announce the winner for the Star Wars contest. Then we'll get in the Star Trek contest, uh, which will be a little quicker. The the questions that I wanted to put I put out was um, were two things. One was what people would like. To, to see in the film what they're looking forward to I think something along those lines I ask and then the other one was the other part of that was what what do you think we might get in the movie or might be kind of a surprise so let me run down uh, what people wrote in and what they said uh, Pete here Pete Fult a good friend of the show and myself so uh, he had to say 
Uh, he'd like to see the rebels on the ropes and uh, and show some of the good parts of the empire vestiges. I, I think he means you know maybe that maybe some some things like that are good in the empire. I think that's what he's meaning. Anyway, in the second part of the surprise, what what he might be surprised by, um, maybe a spouse for Luke or slash baby mama. <laughs> I don't know. Not sure if he thinks you know like uh, that Ray is Luke's kid or something. Maybe I'm not sure, Pete, but. But that would be, I, I, I kind of maybe think that Luke never got hitched and never had any serious relationship. Unlike in the, you know, when they did the original extended, you know, canon stuff in the books with Mara Jade and all. But anyway, um, yeah, thanks for that, Pete. All right, next up, Star Wars contest. Going through my email here, Eric, um, Eric Gant. Uh, Eric said he'd like to see some, what he wants to see the most is some uh, Luke Skywalker lightsaber action. Hey, you know, Eric, I'm right there with you on that one. <laughs> if Luke doesn't get into a, a, a battle with a lightsaber and, and kick some butt, I'm going to be disappointed. I'm telling, telling you right now. Uh, I just, we got to have that, right? Come on, you know. He's got to be, got to have it. So, um, and then uh, uh, he says something, a surprise. He says, a change in the alignment of either Luke, Ray, or Kylo Ren. Yeah, that's been thrown around a lot. Uh, well, it'll be interesting to see if that happens. I mean, I, I kind of hope not. Uh, I certainly hope not for Luke. Uh, it, it just, I mean, if he goes to this idea of this gray or neutral Jedi, like they've been kind of hinting at, I'm okay with that. Uh, but, um, and, and Ray to flip or, or Kylo even, I don't know, but you're right. It would be a surprise, uh, for sure. So, um, all right, let's move on to next, which is Joby's entry. Joby, um, he says uh, that he'd uh, he'd like to see a, a redemption a redemption arc for Kylo Ren. I can't famine that the son of Han and Leia could truly be an evil murderer the way he's depicted so far. Yeah, I think that would be interesting. Or or that he does a kind of maybe like a Darth Vader thing. Maybe not in this movie, but in the next one, like he kind of redeems himself at the end. I I agree with you. I can't see him being, you know, just yeah. He went to the dark side. He, he messed up. Luke didn't maybe train him well enough or whatever. But, um, yeah, I, I would like to see something like that, too, at some point, maybe. Even though he killed Han, you know, spoiler warning. <laughs> All right. Um, and then a surprise, he says, uh, Ghost Yoda. Hey, yeah, that'd be cool. That'd be cool. And uh, he says, congrats on 12 years, Rico. Thanks for that, Joey. All right, next. Let's get going here more. Um, next up is... Jose, Jose Tamayo, Tamayo, I'm probably slaughtering that, I'm sorry, Jose, uh, but um, he says he'd like to see uh, this next one be kind of the movie to, to have in it, he, he's looking forward to or hopes to see uh, kind of be a little bit of a love letter to Princess Leia, yeah, um, I agree, and he says it would be great to see her use the force or perhaps wield a lightsaber, uh, that would be cool too, I agree, uh, I, I would definitely think they could have her use the force using a saber i think would be a bit of a surprise maybe but we'll see uh and a surprise uh he says a surprise for snope um he says maybe he's a survivor from the jedi temple massacre like in other words he was a youngling survivor that's an interesting twist i haven't heard that idea before uh but uh and he says thanks for the many hours of entertainment i provided so uh you're welcome. I, I enjoy it. So, Jose, I like your ideas there. Thanks for that. Next, we have... I, I like this contest thing. You guys put put some good stuff in here. It's enjoyable to read these. All right, here we go. Um, Fabian Kivado? Uh, Kivado? Something like that. Sorry. I'm, I'm not good with pronunciation. I'm not good with English and uh, whatever, you know. But, uh, all right, here we go. Rico, here are my answers for the two-part question for the Star Wars contest. Uh, part one, he'd like to see Poe take over the Millennium Falcon. Ray is off training, chewing the Falcon, come back. Maybe Poe's X-Wing gets destroyed and he takes the fastest ship in the fleet. A badass pilot with the fastest chunk of the junk of the galaxy. Yeah, I agree. That would be very cool. It, it, it kind of makes sense for Poe to be flying the Falcon. Although Ray seems to be pretty competent too, but I, I, you know, I would like to see him get a chance at the controls of the Falcon. That would be cool. Um... Let's see, part two. He says, even though it was said back in April that Lando wouldn't make an appearance, I'm hoping for a surprise he'll show up, whether in a small or large role, throw the fans off by stating he wouldn't show up, and bam, he's in, he's in the movie. 
yeah, I I would like to see Billy D. I would like to see Lando. How you doing? You know, what am I doing? That's Joey from Friends or no. What do we have here? Uh, yeah, I agree, Fabian. I, I think, why isn't he in it? You know, why isn't he in one of these at least? This one or, or the next one perhaps? Come on, bring Billy D back. Bring Lando back. All right, uh, next up. Uh, we have, looks like Rick Moyer is up next. Uh, he says he's looking forward to seeing Force Ghost Yoda, I hope, and surprised by Ray's temptation by the dark side. Yes, um, I, I there, there's a lot of this talk that Ray is going to be, you know, maybe a little bit influenced or twisted. I, I don't know. I don't, I, it would be interesting that they've never, you know, of course, Vader, you know, the first original trilogy was all about saving Vader and bringing him back, um, they haven't really ever shown too much of someone, you know, throughout the movie changing or something. So there's a lot of those kind of comments in these emails. So it's interesting. Maybe that'll happen. Uh, thanks, Rico, for the great show. Wish I could have watched live. That's, yeah, I understand, Rick. I know you had a church thing and and I'll hope you're doing well. Thanks. All right, next. Here we go. Star Wars Contest Shane from Australia. Uh, what kind of accent was that, Shane? That was not Australia. You call that a knife. I can't do it. I can't do it right now. Nope, can't do it. Can't do my uh, Crocodile Dundee. I'm talking like a Scotsman. <laughs> All right, uh, Shane, let me just stop with the bad accents and from other cultures and countries. All right, Shane's, uh, here's his Star Wars stuff. He says he'd say he would like to see this, the story arcs of the classic characters wrapped up and the story focus shift to the new characters introduced in Force Awakening. Force Awakens. Uh, it's nice seeing the old favorites again, but I, uh, I felt like I was watching The Force Awakens. They were stealing the show, even though they didn't contribute all that much to the story and tragically and so on. Um, this is like the last appearance of Leia in this movie, and I guess we'll be see seeing Luke probably in the next one, but maybe some of the remaining characters can ride off into the sunset and retire to a relatively happy ending. So that's what he'd like to see. I think they're working towards that, certainly. Uh, I, I do think probably by the end of nine, things will be pretty turned over to the new the new folks. Um, two, I wouldn't be surprised if we see Han Solo again in some sort of flashback. I also feel like we might see Lando or even Boba Fett in this movie. Um, yeah, I think they could. Uh, I, I, I think that all could be worked in. The Solo idea with, with bringing Harrison Ford in. What I think they could easily do, since since Leia obviously has the Force and is Force-sensitive, is she could be dreaming about him or, or something, have some kind of Force vision about it or, or whatever. Maybe she's concerned about Kylo Ren. There, there's, an, there's easy ways to, to show, to have Solo in there. And we've already kind of talked about Lando. So, um, hey, thanks for... Um, Thanks for the email, Shane. And he says, thanks uh, just watching the video. He's talking about the live show. It's been fun. Thanks for that. All right, next. Um, let's see. Da, 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 da. I almost saw oh, Shane. I think he sent the email twice. So uh, I, maybe he, he added something. Now it looks the same. Okay, for Star Wars. All right. Uh, I think that's it. I think that's all the entries. I think there were eight of them. Yeah, and all right, I'm rolling a die. I put the names down on a piece of paper. Uh, I'm rolling a, a die. All right, that's number six. It's Fabian. Fabian, you win the Star Wars contest. Fabian, you are the Star Wars contest winner. I have your address here in the email. So um, thanks for that, and I will send you out. You will be getting a little Star Wars prize package here in the next week or so. So uh Congrats to you, Fabian, uh, and thanks to everyone that entered. I hope you guys uh, enjoyed it, and uh, I will do another one of these. We won't wait a year. I think that was a lot of fun. I'm going to throw this out there. Um, I'll try to do another one in a few months from now. But um, All right, let's move on real briefly or quickly because we're already almost 25 minutes into the podcast. I'm going to have to go kind of quick through the Flash movie, which is what, what I was planning on doing anyway for this time. So uh, next, Star Trek Contest. There's not a lot to read through the entries on this one. All I asked for on this one was the registry numbers for um, the Discovery and the Shenzhou, the two main ships uh, uh, that have been showing up in the previews and all that. The Shenzhou's uh, NCC-1227, and the Discovery is NCC-1031. 
And uh, I think everyone got that right uh, as I'm flipping through these entries <laughs> because you can look it up pretty much. <laughs> and that's fine. I got no problem with that. I mean, it's they're new. Um, it's a new show. And uh, so, um, all right, let me roll my die. We had, uh, I think I had one less person entering the Star Trek contest, according to my email here that I can see. So I got seven entries for the Star Trek contest. Rolling the die again, number three three this time and it's it's jose jose tamayo i am sorry jose again with your name but i got your <laughs> i've got your address here so you in the star trek prize pack before the star trek contest from the live show so hey congrats jose again thanks you guys thanks for the entries i hope you found that fun uh i i did i certainly have found it fun and i will be getting those uh, prizes sent off to you guys uh in the next day or so and then you should have them by later this week. So, uh, again, thanks so much for your entries. And without any further ado, let's let's segue right over into talking about the Flash Gordon movie. Flash Gordon, the 1980 um, musical, um, sci-fi, space opera, fantasy kind of movie uh, based um, based on the property of Flash Gordon that was, of course, done in the 30s as uh, these uh, black and white serials that a lot of sci-fi fans have uh, either seen or maybe heard of. But, uh, but this movie... Came out in 1980, like I said. Uh, let me give you some of the background and, and basic details uh, of it. And then I think I'm going to play the trailer, probably play a couple other clips and just kind of talk talk through it a little bit and, and kind of say a little bit about why I think this movie is a lot of fun and pretty cool. Uh, for those that don't know and have never seen this, uh, Flash Gordon, uh, like I said, was uh, it came out in 1980. Uh, it was produced by Dino De Laurentiis, who uh, is, you know, he it was a he was a big guy. He, he at that time in in the era of movie making that you know they had done a, a King Kong movie in the in the late seventies. I think it was seventy six. Uh, Dino De Laurentiis, you know that they they optioned a lot of properties and and did a lot of movies in that era in that time frame. So uh, the uh, it was produced by Dino, uh, screenplay by screenplay by Lorenzo Sample Jr. Uh, Sample, sorry, Sample. Did I say? <laughs> Story by Michael Allen, uh, based on a Flash Gordon, of course, created by Alex Raymond. Um, stars, of course, Flash Gordon is played by Sam Jones, Sam J. Jones. Uh, probably the biggest thing he ever did, and and still uh, kind of haunts him, <laughs> if that's the right word to use. I don't know. Uh, he did a, um, he kind of reprised the role a little bit. And if you've ever seen this, um, comedy, uh, with Mark Wahlberg called Ted, uh, there is a thing with Sam Jones being acting like as Flash Gordon in that movie. But, uh, but the, uh, you know, the, there's a, there's really a good cast in this movie. I, I like the cast a lot. It's one of the things that I, um, I think that makes this movie appeal to me. We have Melody Anderson, uh, playing Dale Arden. Uh, we have um, 
Dr. Uh, Zarkov, of course, played by a, an actor named Topol. I think he has a full name, but that's that's uh, anyway. Max von Sydow is is Emperor Ming, or Ming the Merciless. Uh, Princess Aura is Ornella Muti. I think that's how you say him. There are because of the Italian influence on Dino De Laurentiis, and uh, there's a combination of basically a lot of English actors, people in this movie, along with Italians. Uh, Timothy Dalton, uh, who played James Bond, of course, for. Was it just one movie? One of the James Bond movies, I think. Um, Prince Baron, uh, Brian Blessed, who was seen on Space 1999 and other uh, sci-fi things. Uh, he was Prince Volton. He's the leader of the Hawkman people, right? Uh, we have Clytus, played by Peter Wingard. Uh, Kala, played by uh, Mariangela Melato. I'm slaughtering these names, I'm sure. Uh, John Osborne is an Aborian priest. We're now getting into some of the lower, uh, you know, cast or the lesser parts of the pe- part people in the film. Uh, so maybe I'll stop at this point. Um, Philip Stone, the, the Zogi, uh, John Hallam, Laura, uh, William Hopkins, Munson. So let's go through and talk. Well, I'll tell you what, I'll let me play the trailer and then I'll go through and talk about the kind of how this movie got made, the um, the background on, on the creation of it and where it started and some things related, even connecting this to uh, George Lucas and Star Wars to a degree. So um, listen to the trailer to the uh, 1980 Flash Gordon movie now. Clytus, I'm bored. What plaything can you offer me today? An obscure body in the SK system, Your Majesty. The inhabitants refer to it as the planet Earth. I like to play with things a while before annihilation. Pathetic Earthlings! Who can save you now? Flash! Prepare her for our pleasure. Don't kill him yet, Father. I want him. Go, Flash, go! Flash! So that's the trailer there to uh, the Flash Gordon movie. So, uh, yeah, like I said, uh, producer De Laurentiis wanted, originally they had um, gotten the rights to this movie. Uh, he wanted uh, Italian director Federico Fellini, a uh, pretty well-known <laughs> director, to direct Flash Gordon. Uh, Fellini had optioned the rights to Flash Gordon uh, from De Laurentiis, but he never made the film. And a lot of people who are Star Wars fans also know that George Lucas was originally had originally attempted to get the rights uh, and make a Flash Gordon film in the 70s, right? Before Star Wars, he really loved the old serials, uh, the old Flash Gordon and, and Buck Rogers uh, serial films from the 30s, and George Lucas really wanted to make a new uh, updated uh, modern Flash Gordon film. But he couldn't get the rights from De Laurentiis, so Lucas then went and basically made his own sort of homage to to those films or the the you know those serials, which turned into Star Wars. Can you imagine though if if uh, if he had gotten the rights to Flash Gordon, you know we would he would have never made Star Wars probably right uh, because he would have gone and making Flash Gordon and and maybe it would have been good. Who knows? It's 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 really weird to think about uh, that. 
you know, that little bit, that little thing uh, was, was sort of like, a, I think we're all probably grateful for the, for the fact that he created something new and original um, with Star Wars and where we are with that right now. But uh, so uh, De Laurentiis, then he went to uh, uh, he was going to he went to Nicholas Rogue to make the film, uh, who was an admirer of the Alex Raymond uh, comic strips. Uh, they spent a year doing pre-production, but uh, De Laurentiis was not happy with this, and, and Rogue left the project. And he also considered Sergio Leone, who was a big Western director, to direct Flash Gordon. Leone refused. He thought the the script wasn't faithful to the original comics and so eventually De Laurentiis hired Mike Hodges to direct uh Lorenzo Semple uh Semple Jr. wrote the script um and then he he commented and said uh, and then most of this I'm just getting off Wikipedia anyway uh Dino wanted to make Flash Gordon humorous at the at the time um and this is Lorenzo who wrote the script says at, at the time I thought that was a possible way to go but in hindsight I realized it was a terrible mistake. We kept fiddling around with the script, trying to decide whether to be funny or realistic, and that was a ca- catastrophic thing to do with so much money involved. I never thought the character of Flash in the script was particularly good, and there was no pressure to make it any better. Dino had a vision of a comic strip character treated in a comic style, but that was silly because Flash Gordon was never intended to be funny. The entire film got way out of control. And you can kind of see that in the movie when you watch it, and it's you know again I still think this is a fun movie uh, and just a, a very much a period piece you know product of the times and it's and it's got the music and just this sort of campiness to it uh, but it 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 has this weird sort of tone to it where there are a lot of really some serious parts and then there's humor too right and it's not natural it's just kind of thrown in like it's it's a mix of that. And, and you really want to go one way or the other a bit, right? You don't want to be, it's, it's, uh, you know, the, the humor isn't super funny some of the time and the series element is sometimes very uh, hilarious in, in a way. So, um, let's go back to some statistics a little bit. It came out in December 5th or on December 5th, 1980. Uh, and I actually saw it in the theaters and let's see it, uh, it cost 20 million. Which was a lot of money at the time. When you think of, and I think what what is the original the original Star Wars, which came out in seventy seven, was made for under ten million uh, in those dollars or in that in that era, um, and it this it did not do well at the box office. It only made about twenty seven million ish. So you know it's but it's become this very cult classic film. So that's one of the reasons why I wanted to talk about it here today on the podcast, and you know. I think the uh, those old serials have a lot going for them. You know, they did um, they did this Flash Gordon movie, and they did a Buck Rogers television show, right? But they both those properties have been kind of sitting for a long time. They've been sitting since the '80s, right? And, and I and I think even though there's a lot of crossover and they'd be pretty similar to Star Wars, it kind of surprises me that nobody has taken another crack at Flash Gordon. I'm probably getting a little ahead, probably talk about this more towards the end of uh, the, this conversation about this, this movie, but it, it seems to me that there'd be a lot of opportunity here to do a new, uh, more updated, serious Flash Gordon or Buck Rogers, or maybe Flash Gordon and Buck Rogers together. Hey, you're putting Batman and Superman in movies together with you know Wonder Woman and The Flash and Aquaman. Why can't you bring in... Uh, Flash and, and have Flash Gordon and Buck Rogers together. But uh, so let's go back to the movie itself and the movie proper. Um, I talked about the development. Uh, the uh, one thing that I've, I may have heard this, I think I did hear this, but I didn't, didn't realize it was um, it was as big as it was, is that uh, Sam Jones, Sam J. Jones, who played the Flash, uh, uh, his dialogue in this movie is by a, a good part of the dialogue in the movie is is dubbed in by another actor. One of the problems in, and um, happens in in movie making is um, when you're filming. Sometimes the dialogue, depending on the scene and what's going on, uh, gets it's not super clear. Right, you're you're on a set or maybe out on location, and the dialogue needs to be what's called looped, where basically the actor will go back into um, a sound booth 
after the movie, and they watch the film, and then he just says his lines again, and they dub his voice, his voice onto his, you know, actor on his or actor whatever you know what I'm saying. They have to re-record dialogue, but I guess there was a um, disagreement between um, Sam Jones and De Laurentiis, something to do with financial and pay and and things like that, and so uh, so. Sam Jones refused to basically go back into loop dialogue. And so a lot of the dialogue in the movie is done by somebody else who's never really been, from what I can find here, and hasn't been identified who, who recorded those lines for the Flash character. So uh, you'll notice in the movie, and I've always noticed this, that his dialogue seems funny. Like it, it seems to not quite fit uh, perfectly with, with the, um, the actor. Uh, whether the voice doesn't sound right or it seems weird or whatever. And I, I've always thought that was just Sam Jones trying to do some kind of a fun, different kind of a voice or something maybe. But um, but no, that's that's the situation, and that's that's why it's like that. Oh, Kenny Baker is in this movie too, by the way. R2-D2, Kenny Baker, is, is a little dwarf in this movie. Uh, let's talk briefly. I guess at this point we can talk briefly about the music. Uh, I don't think uh, I don't think De Laurentiis, from what I've read here and heard, I don't think he knew um, that that he I don't think he wasn't even familiar with Queen. And, and I'm trying to find here how he how he came across that. I'll look a little bit more when I play a clip maybe from the movie here. But I think there were other people that he was thinking of using uh, instead, like Pink Floyd, for example. And they uh, but they ended up with going with Queen, which. And now, when I think about it, it just seems like it fits, and it, and is perfect. But uh, I, you know, at the time, it seemed like a very weird thing to do. But again, 1980, there was a lot of more. There was a lot of more. Um, that's good English. Uh, there was a lot more crossover kinds of things like that, where they used rock music in in films like this. It was much more. Uh, it happened much more than than it does these days. These days, it's mostly, I think, the, the Star Wars influence, Star Trek influence, uh, using orchestras and and that kind of stuff. Although there have been other, there have been movies that have used rock uh, songs and things and, and more rock and roll kind of music in the movies uh, than than that. But it, it was, it happened a lot more. I'm thinking of like the heavy metal movie uh, and, and others of the time where they use these, um, they uh, they use the popular bands and popular music of the time to uh, to work in the movies. Um, there was also one one other little thing I'll point out now, and then I'm gonna play a clip. They they were thinking of actually doing a sequel to this movie, even not that long ago, like you know five, six, seven years ago or something. They were thinking of doing a sequel with some of the same actors in that, and that didn't work out. Sam Jones definitely didn't want to do it because of the. The fallout that he had with De Laurentiis, so that didn't never that never happened. But um, they, uh, you know, the the idea that they were going to do a f- uh, a follow up at this point in time, I guess they must still have the rights. I, I think so. All right, let me play. Uh, I'm just going to kind of grab something kind of fun off the internet here. Grab a clip from the movie, and uh, I'll play a couple couple clips. But I'll play one now, and then uh, come back talk a little bit more. Play another clip, so on. But uh, here you go. Here's a little bit of the early part of the Flash Gordon movie. Wake up. Dale, wake. We're okay. It's me, Flash. Remember? We're on the ground. Back home? I don't think so. Hello. We're from Earth. Friends. Flash, whoever they are, it's clear they are highly developed. I'm sure we can reason with them. You want to bet on it? My God! What is this, a civic reception? More like a police state. If it is, that could be our good luck. 
Why? It means we'll find allies on every side. Look at them. The poor wretches are just waiting for someone to lead them in revolt. Are you looking at me, Zarka? Yes. Please, stop talking about revolts. I just want to get back home alive. Guards, halt. Prisoners, follow me. Yeah, there's some of the movie, the beginning part where they get their uh, make their way on the with Zarkov ship to Mongo and uh, meet up with Ming. The um, yeah, like I said, the dialogue's kind of funny. <laughs> the uh, also a um, couple things. Uh, Sam Jones had to dye his hair for this movie. He has normally dark hair. He had to dye it blonde. And uh, Melody Anderson who plays Dale Arden. She had the opposite thing. She had to dial her, sorry, dye her 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 hair that's normally blonde or lighter dark for this movie. So, uh, no one has the right hair in this movie. Uh, what else? Um, the, uh, let me go through, I guess we can go through some of the background little, uh, little trivia stuff here that they have on like IMDB. That should be fun. And I'll play another, uh, clip for you in a minute. Um, Oh, the, uh, the backstory on the, the, the Flash t-shirt, I think it, it talks, they talk about it in the film itself, is that uh, Flash got the, the Flash shirt from a fan, and uh, he, he was supposed to be from a female fan, and he, he wore it in the hopes of he would run into the woman at some point in time. So I, you notice, too, that, that both um, Flash's clothing, when they get to Mongo, they're, they're what they're wearing to begin with from Earth, and Dale Arden's clothing is kind of similar, light and 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 with a little red in it. Um, oh, Arnold Schwarzenegger was actually up for the role too of Flash, but they turned him down because of his uh, his his pretty strong Austrian accent. So uh, the uh, all these main actors too were actually signed for multiple um, multiple films. They they had the idea that they were going to do a lot of movies uh, with this um, franchise or whatever, right? So, uh, but they ended up, of course didn't do very well for money and or for uh sorry for um yeah box office money and and they didn't do that um they didn't uh continue actually the series uh the um there was um, another movie in 86 that queen did the music for too the highlander movie for those familiar with that uh and uh yeah so um let's see what else we got oh there another actor up for flash gordon was kurt russell uh, they actually offered it to him, uh, but uh, he turned it down. He said the character didn't kind of lack personality. So uh, uh, there's a the next clip I'm going to play here in a minute or two um, is this early clip where um, Flash does some like football moves and things uh, to fight Ming's guards and that. And Melody Anderson actually came up with the idea of doing this sort of cheerleading routine during the football flight uh, football. I almost said football flight, football fight, uh, which, which I think makes sense. It works pretty well. It seems to, um, it seems to make sense for the scene considering the, uh, that he's a football star, the, you know, Ming or sorry, uh, not Ming, uh, flash is supposed to be a, uh, supposed to be this football, uh, star and for her to cheer him on, uh, kind of fits, I think pretty well, uh, so uh, what else we got here? Dennis Hopper was considered for the role of Darker, Dr. Zarkov. Uh, Mike Hodges, which I mentioned earlier, who directed, he was actually the eighth director that they went through. <laughs> it was like, uh, you know, it. Um, uh, Brian Blessed, who plays um, Volton, he uh, was a big Flash Gordon fan since, his, since he was a kid. Uh, so uh, the... Uh, in the comics, too, Flash was a polo player, uh, but uh, they thought polo didn't really fit as well. So making him a football a football player uh, makes a lot more sense, especially since he's uh, American from the U.S. and, and all that. Uh, so, uh, oh, also Sam Jones was supposed to be um, supposed to be a um, also wear besides blonding his hair, you know, turning his hair blonde. He also was supposed to wear some contacts because Flash Gordon's supposed to be this. You know, very um, you know, you know, kind of chiseled, kind of blonde, blue-eyed kind of guy. Uh, but he couldn't wear the contacts; they they were bothering him too much, so he doesn't uh, have contacts in the movie. Uh, Sam Jones also, who played the guy who played Flash, 
Uh, he's a pretty big guy, and, and they had trouble getting a stunt guy for him. So he, uh, he actually did most of the stunts in this movie. You see the fights and the falls and everything like that. He choreographed a lot of that, too. Uh, so I think that's pretty impressive. There's a uh, Robbie Coltrane, who uh, he plays Hagrid in the Harry Potter films. There's a, he's got a quick little cameo <clears throat> excuse me, in this movie. He's helping uh, Flash and Dale with their luggage uh, for the, uh, when they're getting on the plane at the beginning of the movie. Uh, what else, what else we got, uh, slip through, through a few more here. Um, I guess that's pretty good for now. Let me play this next clip for you with uh, the flash, the, the infamous kind of flash football kind of fight, uh, near the, near the beginning of the movie after Ming kind of, uh, Ming kind of, uh, is, wants to kill them and everything. So here you go. Forget it, Ming. Dale's with me. Flash! Stay back! Don't flash, they'll kill you! I'll go with them, just... Oh, you! your men on the right pills? Get Maybe you should execute that traitor. Come here! You fools! He's playing some barbaric game. Now match him! Like this! Yeah, that's a fun scene. Uh, it's just a fun movie overall. <laughs> really, really fun. Like I said, it's it it. If you watch this movie and, and you're not, you know, you're having a rough week or rough day or whatever, this is a fun one to watch. Uh, I I kind of said earlier that no one's ever really done much more with these properties. Uh, I forgot about and and rightly so because it was terrible and weird and goofy and and not um, not really even goofy, but just not at all like Flash Gordon should be. In my opinion, I even watched, I think I watched most of it. There was a sci-fi series on the Sci-Fi Channel done back around 2007, 2008. It ran for a short time, uh, and, and it was Flash Gordon, uh, a sort of re, a rejiggering of the concept. Uh, and, yeah, it was not good. So don't even bother looking for it, even if you can find it. Probably can find it on YouTube somehow, but... Um, this uh, this movie, though, uh, Flash Gordon from 1980, is, is certainly worth watching. And I'm trying not to play too much of it because if you guys haven't seen it, um, don't, you know, definitely check it out. Uh, I don't know if it's on Netflix. I'll look after while I'm playing the next clip here. Uh, I'm kind of winding down for uh, this, this commentary anyway. Um, there's a uh, wristwatch that Flash is wearing in the movie in the early scenes. It's a Seiko Automatic uh uh, and uh, the watch sort of vanishes, you know, when he gets to Mongo. Um, but um, the, uh, you know, I like this movie because it's fun. Uh, it has a good cast. Uh, the music is awesome. The look is is kind of psychedelic. Excuse me, psychedelic and kind of goofy. 
uh, they don't treat it super serious and uh, but it still costs quite a bit of uh, of, of money. Oh, by the way, uh, Maxim von Sydow's, his costume as Ming, it, it's super big and super heavy. It's like 70 pounds worth of uh, of stuff. I forgot how old he was when they were doing this. I mean, he wasn't super old then, but, you know, wearing 70 pounds of, of stuff and, and carrying that around uh, is is crazy. So he only could really wear it and stand up for a, for a short period of time. So you won't see him really in long scenes uh, standing in this movie. I mean, he's sitting in a lot of it and, and that kind of thing. Uh, but, um, yeah, it's it's a real interesting to look back at this. Um, the uh, Zarkov's backstory was that he was a NASA scientist who was fired for his, you know, these crazy ideas uh, that he had uh, about uh, being attacked from outer space. So I, I like the idea of that. That, that works pretty well. But I, I would love to see them do a new Flash Gordon movie. And maybe even if it's, you know, these days I don't think they would make a, a this campy kind of goofy one that they did here. And, and in a way, they didn't really intend it to be that way. Uh, a lot of it was De Laurentiis thinking, you know, those old Flash Gordon serials were kind of silly. And, yeah, you look back at them now a little bit, they are. But the, uh, you know, George Lucas definitely wanted to make a, a, a serious fairly serious Flash Gordon film. And Star Wars is fairly serious, but there's humor in it too. Uh, so I think you can get an idea. I think that style would work if they did a uh, Flash Gordon thing. But they've, you know, they've been trying recently to go back and do sci-fi properties, that, and it hasn't worked out super well when you think about it. They did try to do John Carter, uh, that big movie from a few years ago, and they did the, you know, the Valerian movie this summer. Uh, part of the problem a little bit is, is these movies, especially when they try to do them these days, they just cost so much money. You know, $100 million, $150 million. Uh, you know, one thing I think about sometimes is like they, when they did the um, Serenity movie for Firefly, you know, for the, the movie from the TV show. I mean, that movie did not cost a ton of money to make and it looks good. Although, I mean, maybe there isn't, you know, a lot of effects going on and, and, and some of the sets and things you might need for like a Flash Gordon or Buck Rogers thing. But uh, you don't need to spend $200 million to make a movie. Uh, you really don't. Uh, when you see the kind of stuff people do on, online these days, you know, I think you could do any of these movies for easily 100, you know, less than $100 million, And I think you'd have a shot at if you make a good movie, to to make that money back so especially that you get a chance now to have dvd blu-rays 4k discs you know you have netflix a lot of money from all those things so i'm going to play one clip from towards the end of the film and then i'll come back we'll wrap up today's show and and finish off the flash gordon talk and, and finish off the podcast for this week so one more clip here and, and i'll be right back the reactors are destroyed glad you made it voltan Better late than never! <laughs> Dale! Look out, Flash! Flash! Don't move! Stay where you are! Long live, Flash! You've saved your life! Have a nice day! Yeah! It's for Everything to Flash. We appoint Voltan, general of our armies. From this day on, let every breed of Mongo live together in peace. Will we ever get out of here, Hans? I don't know, but we'll try. We certainly invite you all to stay. What do you think? I'm a New York City girl. Mm. It's a little too quiet around here for me.
Okay, there you go. Look at the uh, Flash Gordon movie. The uh, the one last thing I wanted to say, a little bit of trivia, is that that little j Flash does a, a jump at the at the camera uh, a bit there and says, "Yeah," I think, and, and I think you could hear it in the clip. That was an improvised thing uh, that Sam Jones did on the set because they didn't really know what to do at that point of the movie. Uh, you know, they didn't know quite how to end it exactly. So. Uh, so it's just a super fun movie. If you've never seen Flash Gordon 1980, please check it out. I think you'll, I think you'll have a have a good time, and it's a, it's really got some great stuff, great music, and and just ridiculousness that uh, I think we need some more ridiculous ridiculousness in our in our lives these days. So. Uh, Okay, so anyway, um, that's that. Uh, I'm going to wrap up the show now. Uh, a couple things. Um, next week, the, I'm looking for a guest host. Uh, anybody who wants to guest host, that's next week. In two weeks, uh, my plan is is this. Uh, um, I really want to do uh, a Skype show with anyone that wants to join, uh, probably the usual folks. I want to do a Skype show on Monday, the 25th, Monday evening, the 25th, where we can sit down. Uh, the Obviously, in, in about, well, two weeks from today, uh, the 24th, Star Trek uh, Discovery uh, pilot is on. You know, that's when the first episode drops. Everyone will get to see it. It's going to be on CBS. So what I want to do is record a show Monday night, the following night. Uh, won't be able to really do it that night after it airs, I don't think. Uh, be too late, at least for little old me. Um, gives us one day to think about it a little bit too, but I want to do a show uh, on Monday night, uh, a Skype cast where we can sit down and talk about Discovery, and that's going to be the podcast in two weeks. So it'll be a day or two late uh, getting out. I'll try to put it out that Monday right after we record it, depending on how that goes. So you know, probably be Eastern time, maybe you know, record a show around seven eight o'clock, probably uh, for an hour or so, and talk about Discovery. And then a week after that will be another guest spot. So, um, yeah, that's what's upcoming on the podcast, folks. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed this. Hope you enjoyed the live show last week. Congrats again to the contest winners. You guys know who you are, I think. If you listened to the show, you did. And, yeah, uh, I enjoyed uh, looking at Flash Gordon. I This is one of those another situations, times where, man, did I ever cover Flash Gordon from 1980? I think I've talked about it a little bit, but I don't think I ever did a whole podcast about it. I, I searched, and, and I couldn't find anything. So uh, uh, partly I've been, and I said this, I think, on the live show last week uh, when I showed this new collectible I got of Wilma Deering, who is um, a, a character in the Buck Rogers show, uh, Buck Rogers TV show, Buck Rogers old uh, serials that they did in the 30s. I've been on this uh, older uh, pulp uh, sci-fi kind of kick lately. Uh, revisiting some of these old things, old properties and stuff. I'm reading an, uh, a, like a 19, I think it's 1958 sci-fi book right now, which is kind of uh, funny. Uh, reading about being on, you know, planets in the, you know, our solar system, like living on Venus and junk. Uh, but um, so, and, and I want to read more of that stuff, and and, and it's just fun to go back. Uh, oh, speaking of that, uh, really sad uh, news that Jerry Purnell, one of the one of the giants of, of science fiction writing uh, passed away. I think he was in his late 80s, maybe 90, 90 maybe. I think it was even maybe 90 or 91. Anyway, um, I know he had some illnesses for a while. He he was doing, um, he would show up occasionally, although I don't listen to it anymore. He'd show up on that tech podcast, the Twit podcast, um, occasionally. Uh, just, you know, a real guy into technology. The, the, the thing with Jerry Purnell, what he's credited or one of the, the little things that he's credited for amongst all of his writing is uh, he was supposedly the guy that, that first wrote the, the first book ever written completely on a, on a computer uh, rather than by, you know, typewriter or hand or whatever. Uh, so, uh, yeah, Jerry Purnell, great, great author. And uh, that's some sad news there. But um, all right, uh, everyone. Hey. You people in the path of this hurricane, be careful. Uh, I hope you enjoyed the show again, and I'll talk to everybody again very soon. And I guess the next time I'll be talking to you will be when Discovery airs in in two weeks. So, uh, yeah, and tonight uh, the Orville premieres, that sort of Seth uh, MacFarlane's sort of Trek spoof show, which has been getting some kind of early reviews that aren't too good, but, hey, 
you know, I'm going to watch it. <laughs> it's a Star Trek kind of spoof. I mean, why, why wouldn't we watch it? And it looks good at least. So he'll give it a try. Okay, everyone, take care. Bye-bye. This has been a Rick Dosty Podcast production.